0: Good morning, everybody. I hope you're all doing well. It's the Friday show, and that means that we got a lot of news to get to, we got a lot of fun to be had, and a lot of accountability to be distributed. My name is Eddie Fitzgerald, and I hope you're all having a beautiful morning and joining me as somebody I know is happy that Daylight Savings Times exists, at least for this show, mm-hmm. so that way it feels like we're having it at 9 o'clock. That is Miss Seville Rito.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that daylight savings exists, but, like, I didn't notice it happened until, like, yesterday. Oh, really? You didn't feel the effects? No, I never feel the effects. What? Not in the way that other people do, now. Oh,
0: I've been been good over (laughs) these past couple days, I gotta tell you.
1: (laughs) No, I don't know. It's like, I always find out, like, two days after, and I'm like, oh, I'm
0: supposed to feel less tired. You're just always tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always tired. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, always tired. We got a lot to get into today, but I hope that you've been doing well, Sabil. Uh, and, and we've got, you know, finals coming up, semester coming to a close. We were just talking. We only got like a couple more shows, maybe, mm-hmm. a few more weeks of this morning wake up call business, and and then we'll be, we on break. Yeah. And some of us will be back on the morning wake up call, others won't, and then we'll be back in the spring. So we'll see how that all turns out. But coming up on today's show, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. We're gonna talk a little bit about Big Bird and you know, Ted Cruz and, and that whole situation and, you know, vaccines. Uh, and then we're gonna get into some tree DNA that is really interesting. So you're gonna want to stick around and listen for that. But jumping into our first story of the day, Mr. Travis Scott. So Bill, do you wanna? Uh, did you see? Like, how, how closely have you been following this Astroworld World story?
1: I've been following it pretty closely honestly for like the first two days after it happened I didn't realize how big of a deal it was because I kind of just like came across a bunch of headlines and I'd see Travis Scott and I'm like uh whatever what like what's going on with him what's something with like Kylie Jenner or something but then like you know I started picking up on like you know different posts and I'm like oh my goodness and I started reading all these articles which I feel like honestly everyone must have read like at least three of them and then different like seeing videos of different point of views but like before we get into that yeah. um let me just like give a little bit of a debrief yeah
0: no, no no go ahead
1: yeah so last friday if you don't know travis scott performed at astro world music festival um the concert ended with eight casualties many are placing the blame on travis scott for not stopping the concert as soon as like crowd surges broke out um travis scott and his team put out statements claiming that um he didn't and couldn't have noticed what was going on during the concert, but a lot of people are not convinced by that. Um, yesterday, the reported death toll rose from eight, eight casualties to nine after a 22-year-old woman succumbed to her inner injuries after being hospitalized. Um, and Travis Scott has promised to refund all concert goers, but... Obviously, that's not enough because something truly terrible happened at that concert.
0: Yeah. um, I've also been following this story pretty closely. uh, And I, I too, have been seeing different perspectives, different videos. They've all been surfacing because there were 50,000 people Mm -hmm. in attendance at this event, all rocking, jumping up and down. And I think, you know, a lot of this wants to be like, Who's to blame here a- and like I'm not here I'm not gonna defend Travis because mm-hmm. number one I- this is the type of behavior that like he like incites I've been to his shows I'm a f- like really? I was a fan uh like I'm I, I, like I say was a fan yeah. as because like this situation makes me rethink a little bit more of some of his actions uh recently with like. In regards to changing up from his music and yada yada yada. Anyway, um, I've been to I went to his Astro World tour back in my freshman year of college, and it was super fun. But he's a he's a rager. Like that's exactly what he describes in his one song, the opening song of Astro World called Stargazing. He says, "It ain't a mosh pit if ain't no injuries, and I got him stage diving out the nosebleeds." And, like, that's in reference to when he went on tour for, like, his second album. Uh At Terminal 5 in Brooklyn, a dude is now paralyzed because he jumped from the balcony at a Travis Scott concert because Travis told him to do it.
1: And those lyrics, like that he wrote, is based. Is based that. on
0: that line because it happened afterwards. I
1: was about to say it didn't age. It well, didn't. No, it no. Just it's wasn't.
0: literally him, like yeah. quoting it in the song. So, like again, it's the type of behavior. Like he's got a, a huge song with Juice World on it. That's uh-huh. literally, Like that's called No Bystanders. That talks about messing up the club, mess oh. the club up, mess the club up. Like you know what I mean. Like you gotta like, uh, like, so, yes, can he be blamed? for bringing this all together, putting in and organizing an event under his name, because this is Travis Scott's Astro World Festival, because it was based on Houston, he's from Houston. He is like big on the Houston culture. So I I think you can, but then also at the same time, people are like, well, what about the people who jumped the fence? What about the people who were moshing and didn't help anybody? And it's like, yeah. But also, this That's guy was, was supposed to ensure this.
1: Yeah, I was saying the thing about, like, how do you, like... Because I'm not, I'm not the concert-goer type. They're just... Especially concerts that are that, like, packed is just not my type of scene. So, it was hard for me to understand, like, how so many people could just, like, you know, literally, like, stampede over, like, other people... Um, and I was literally having this conversation with, like, my friend yesterday, and he was like, well, it's also not everyone was, like, sometimes you can't control, like, being pushed forward when that many people are rushing forward. So, there, yes, there is, like, you know, the actual audience to blame. And then, like, it is, it's hard to say, like, whether it like, Travis Scott definitely knew what was going on. Because we, I mean, there were so many people. But then you also see videos where people were clearly trying to get his attention. And I think he did, like, acknowledge that, like, something was going on. But maybe he didn't know the extent. But I'm also not trying to, like...
0: Well, he did stop the concert at one point and, okay. and, and and helped one person. He was like, hey, yo, that person needs help. Get him up. Yeah. And then there were other people who were screaming, help me, help me. No, help yeah. me. And then, like, he was like, all right, let's go. And then, like, went yeah. went back into it. So it was... But I think something that was also super interesting was the videos of, like, the ambulances and, like, the EMS people trying to get in and, like, their stories – Well, so, like, they would try to drive these ambulances up to the edge of the crowd or try to get them in so they could get them as deep as possible. But then people, because they were so packed, began climbing on top of the ambulances and, like, first responder cars because they needed the space and then would then dance and go crazy. Like, there was, like, a dude who was, like, just going, like, nuts on top of an ambulance and people were, like, trying to tell him to get down so he could get out. And he's just, like, going ham, like, trying to point at Travis and stuff. Like, it's not enough people drank water and then there was the whole injection thing oh my goodness like this has just been a a roller coaster of stories
1: yeah there honestly should have just been more security like i know that the concert because the concert was free right no definitely not no okay because like i'm like how did so many people like rush in there people broken yeah and like he encourages he encourages that too sometimes yeah yeah Oh, there's so. been moments
0: where he's like had security guards like thrown like thrown out of like his shows and really? like, yeah, things like that. like he's been I don't know it's it's the persona, right? like mm-hmm. that he's like trying to rage, trying to have a good time, trying to mosh, trying to party like that's his that's his m o and when it gets taken too far, this is like if Project X happened in real life, in my yeah, opinion, I don't know what that is that was a movie that came out in like two thousand and twelve and it was it's about like these couple high school guys uh-huh. who throw a party but it's like becomes the biggest most craziest party they've ever seen like their house catches on fire uh-huh. and like you know people are dying there's like cops and then they like there's like a huge like military scene because the party's still going on and they like they have to bring in the national guard and like they're like tear like it's like a crazy like movie but like <laughs> this is what that feels like when like that party limit is taken to the extreme People mm-hmm. will get hurt if it is not done safely. And I think that, to me, is is the the key here, is that, like, this wasn't built to be safe. It, every video I see, everybody's leaning back, like, yeah. trying to, like, <laughs> basically stay horizontal on top of each other. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, Sabil. I don't know how to feel, man. It's just yeah, hard. Yeah,
1: it's, like, disturbing. It's especially disturbing when you see, like, I don't know about you, but on, like, TikTok, I've been seeing a lot of, like, on my For You page, like, I'll see people videos from people who are at the concert, mm-hmm. and like, you hear people talking in the background, and they're like panicked. Some like, I saw this one video where like they were trying to like start a chant, like, uh, like, stop the concert or something stop like that, show. stop the show, and like. Um, you could hear someone in the background like yo this person has been dead like for like five songs ago and I'm like imagine how bizarre that was like you're watching someone have like a medical crisis and you're like at the same time you hear like music blasting and like an artist who's completely unaware that someone is like has no pulse and nothing is being done because like how much can you do when there's so many people and it's so hard to get his
0: attention I think another point about this is that, you know, I actually had my friend's brother was in attendance at the show. Really? Yes. Safe, no injuries, fine. He, I think he mostly stayed at the edge of the crowd.
1: Really? How yeah. old is he?
0: Uh, freshman in college.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Traveled down to Houston for the event, out of state. Um, okay. And it got canceled day two, obviously. So, like, he, he's back home and everything. But he didn't even know that any of that happened. Like, he he didn't realize that people were dead or that people were seriously injured until he went home and watched it on the news in the hotel room.
1: Oh, my A- God. And
0: so I think it really depends on where you were located at that show. I think so many people had so many different experiences and saw so many different things that it just felt like it, just, it it's got to be like the worst concert ever that ever happened like I just don't know like where 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 you go from here as 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 Travis and you know after the show he went out and had an after party at Dave and Buster's with Drake
1: Are you serious? Yes,
0: I'm serious. Dude po- hosted That's an after party at Dave and Buster's after the show. And you know, there was you know, there's talks about like whether or not he knew that people were struggling or, or things like that. I mean, there's the video of the girl going up to the camera guy, being like, "People are dead. There are people yeah, dead in I there. Saw that. Please stop the show." And he's like, "I'm just the camera guy. I got to keep going." And it's like, "Like, well, you got to be, be just, more like, right please, now." But like, I, but I don't get is he's got the walkie-talkie that goes right to the producer. Say something. Yeah. Say something there. And so, like, is he to blame for not stopping Astro World Fest? Like, yeah. no. I think ultimately the blame falls under the umbrella of. You know whatever whatever coordinating group put this together and i think that falls on live nation who was coordinating this event and it falls on travis scott and it falls on nrg stadium for not uh condoning for not creating a more conducive venue for the event
1: yeah i don't know there's just like a lot of i mean you can place blame on like a lot of you know different aspects of like that concert but it's just like really tragic because also, a lot of people are saying, like, there couldn't have just been eight people who died. And, like, honestly, that's probably true because they do have to be careful with, like, how they release information. Because mm-hmm. there were so many people, it's hard to, like...
0: And so many people are still missing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane. Um, so, I mean, this is a story that's, like, definitely going to be developing for a while as, like, new things come out.
0: Yeah. I think that it's going to be... it. It will change how m- more concerts get perceived and and how m- like you know these types of shows get perceived in the future yeah, definitely my biggest question it, uh, to look into is whether or not this will be like one of Travis's like m- de- career defining moments as like where he chooses to to change himself or like this this genre like you know what i mean like can you expect to have a safe concert experience with him again like that's what you pay for right
1: yeah i mean he's definitely gonna have to like fly very much under the radar until people kind of just like start to forget as they do um not that like you know that event should ever be forgotten but yeah, I mean it's definitely gonna change how like other people conduct their concerts. Like I'm seeing videos of concerts that happened after that and it's like Of all the artists see, who yeah, help people. Yeah. Yeah, you can see the artists being very careful, like we don't want a repeat of what happened. Yeah. You know, they're like watching out for their friends, like you good? Um, yeah.
0: Everybody, yeah. yeah so i uh, um, I guess maybe that's the that's the trick to get noticed at the at the Harry Styles show for me. Uh, <laughs> I'll just pretend I'm I'm gonna pass out, and then he'll point me <laughs> out of the crowd and be like, "Are you good?" And I'll be like, "Yes, Harry." <laughs> um, and then and then we'll live a happy life together, me and Harry. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> all fantasies aside, we are listening to 88.7 FM W R H U. It's the morning wake up call. Eddie Fitz, Sabil Ritz. So if you're just tuning in. We are Long Island Life, National News, International Issues from the Minds and Mouths of Hofstra students. And if you're listening via Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, thank you. Very kind. And and feel free to to share this. And if you are listening live, go back and listen to it on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, right? Like do it again. <laughs> it's fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about Kyle Rittenhouse. Um because he is currently under trial right now. It looks like closing arguments are heading for uh, Monday Mm -hmm. at this point. So, Bill, what's what's the 411 on this situation?
1: Okay, so Kyle Rittenhouse, as you said, who is um, currently on trial for killing two men and injuring one during a protest against police brutality that occurred last year in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, You know, he's currently on trial. Uh, The 18-year-old is being charged with first-degree reckless homicide and use of a dangerous weapon. Rittenhouse is claiming that he acted solely out of self-defense. Many are talking about Rittenhouse's breakdown, though, which occurred on the stand on Wednesday as he tried to describe what was happening moments before he opened fire. His sobbing became so uncontrollable that the judge had to call for a recess. You were saying this before. I mean, Eddie, talk about, like, how you feel about the whole thing because you were kind of talking about it before.
0: Yeah, I, I was. We were talking about it a little bit before the show. And listen, like, this is an 18-year-old um, who I believe was 17 at the time, right? He was 17. Right, yeah. So he was 17 at the time to, again, go over the timeline of events. He does not live in Kenosha, Wisconsin, nor does he live in the state of Wisconsin. He drives across state lines with an AR-15 that he is not legally allowed to own at the age of 17, or Mm -hmm. carry across state lines at the age of 17,
1: or shoot people (laughs) or shoot shoot people with at the age of
0: 17. And so he goes to these um, to these protests that were that were in the uh, wake of the shooting of Jacob Blake, I believe, Um, and. He goes and he's seen taking photos uh, with numerous people uh, in one photo, in particular, the one that's been probably the most surfaced. He's holding up uh, a circle with three fingers pointed up, and that, uh, for a lot of people, is a uh, white supremacist uh, dog whistle Uh, in that sense. um, There is a W that gets made with the three fingers, and then, I I mean, I don't want to go into that Um, but anyway uh, and then afterwards after that gets taken he goes and he says that he wants to go and protect buildings and businesses from arson and looting and and all that and then a scuffle unfolds and he kills two people and injures a third Um, he got attacked at one point and he said that he felt the gun slipping away from him and mm-hmm. in that moment, he fired a shot. Uh, that was his. That's his first shot. That's what he claims. He claims it was all in self-defense, and that he was just trying to defend himself. Um, then, you know, he like you mentioned, he goes and he cries on national TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I've I've got a couple of lawyers in the family. And I've seen my fair share of court TV. This, f- I, and, you know, once again, all thoughts and opinions stated here on 88.7 FM do not reflect those of Host University, 88.7 FM, the Board of Trustees, or the university as a whole. Now, it feels like he gets very good coaching before he takes the stand, because he does not have to take the stand. He knowingly acknowledges to the risk of testifying right? and testifies anyway and then goes out and cries uh, when describing the events. But when he's describing them and then he starts crying, there's like a moment where he, like, breaks for a second and, like, looks over at the jury and then continues to cry. And, yeah. like, I'm not going to, like, conjecture on that. Like, I like he could have been crying for the whole time, just taking a breath, whatever. Like, it's all good. But that's the way it looked out on tape. And then again, you know, if you want to point yourself out to be the victim of this situation, right, like that you were a victim in self-defense, that you didn't mean to go out there and and kill anybody and that you're just, you know, a kid that's just trying to get by who's now in this national trial and you know, you don't want all this spotlight, you know, maybe you don't commit, you, you don't get caught doing what you did and I think that that is something to me that there was a big, big, very interesting quote in the CBS News update piece from the girl who got injured uh, from him, and and that was and that was interesting. This was Gage uh, Groskowitz, who was shot and wounded by Rittenhouse on Thursday. This was when he got uh, when he testified. Mm-hmm. Um, said it was difficult to watch Rittenhouse testify acknowledged carrying a gun, he acknowledged that he was also carrying a gun that night. So like the instance was Rittenhouse thought that he pointed his pistol at his AR-15, pointed uh, pointed his pistol at Rittenhouse and so then Rittenhouse attempted to fire and to shoot in self-defense. And he injured him. Um... This is actually on uh, Good Morning America, not Testimony. Uh, I think Uh, anytime you see your would-be murderer on the stand, it's almost emotional. It's always going to be emotional. To me, it seemed like a kid who just got caught doing something that he wasn't supposed to do. More upset that he he was caught and less upset about what he had done. I think the most important thing to remember is that Kyle Rittenhouse was an active shooter. He murdered two men, and he attempted to murder me.
1: Yeah. And, like,
0: that to me is the most... Dan- in, like damning piece of evidence, like uh, out of this whole thing, out, out of anything. This is an eyewitness who literally had his hands in the air on video, not pointing there because there was yeah. body cam footage again of this guy. And again, Rittenhouse, I think, was scared, was put in a posi- position to be scared at the age of 17 by himself, right. alone with a gun. And then, you know, we talk about this all the time. You know, if you're going to be scared, like we talk about police officers being scared and shooting uh, unarmed people. You know, if you're going to be scared in this position, why did you go to the to the protest in the first place? And why did you go and bring the AR-15? Yeah, that's my thing. like, Like you don't you don't do both of those things in conjunction without thinking that you might have to like cause trouble. I don't like I like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I also had an issue with like how the judge was very clearly like. Um, acting as if like he I don't know like when he started crying the judge was a little too sympathetic to the point where he did seem like partial like I'm not Mm. seeing a lack of bias in this it feels like the judge is acting almost at like some like father figure in this and I'm like yeah he's young but he's not a child yeah like he doesn't need to be treated like some You know, baby victim who needs to like when he called for the recess, like he Mm -hmm. was like he was just too soft with him. And I'm like, this dude like killed people. He put himself in in a situation where like he knew he brought a gun and like they're like, oh, well, he's like, I just brought a gun for protection, but I didn't expect it. So what were you like? What were you bringing it for protection? protection from if you didn't expect things to, to escalate to like
0: the way they did. Right. And, and you know he he talks about how he wants to bring these he, he wants to play up a lot of these situations and, and there was a I saw an interview with a former you know homicide attorney like somebody who's worked a lot of like homicide defense cases like he said that like The only way for the jury to get an accurate depiction of or or an accurate defense of Rittenhouse, like the only way for him to defend himself is if he takes the stand and paints the picture of fear. Right. Like if he can uh, like this is going to be his best defense, like out of everything, like as much as like we we're trying to like talk about it and like, you know, point out some, inaccuracies within everything that like you know hopefully some people can see at that point this it's a good defense though I I gotta say not in the sense that like it's good that like it's foolproof like solid like he he doesn't deserve to like do what happened but in terms of the accountability and like in terms of like what laws are on the books and how things can be perceived, and how certain mm-hmm. people can get certain rules uh, in certain ways? It's a good it was a good press conference or, or or not press conference, a good testimony from from Mr. Rittenhouse, I would say, on, at least in his camp. they got to be happy about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of concerning, like because I honestly like don't know how this is going to turn out. like i I think I'm... he's going to be okay. Yeah, me too, and that's tragic.
0: Yeah. I I I honestly based upon all of the a, and people are pointing out like the the prosecutor, the prosecution is like trying to like be way too hard on this kid and they're like trying to like really grill him and everything like that. He killed people. Of course. Yeah, so. man, like, like I I don't know what else to tell you. Like this is People want to know what happened. The families want to know what happened, and we need to decide if this person is responsible for the murder of two people. So, like, obviously, you would want to know whether why he brought the gun there, or why he, you know, um, felt different things at different times, and then felt di- uh, different things at those same times with different testimonies and different points in the video uh, that was th- that was shown, but. I don't know. I think that ultimately it's just going to be I I think there might be a mistrial on this one. Yeah, that's my that's my that's where I'm hedging my bet. I think defense the defense wants a mistrial Um, and I think they're going to get it.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: That's just my gut feeling. That's not my lawyer brain talking. (laughs) Uh, Not that I have one, but that is that is sort of where I'm at. Uh, 88.7 FM, Hafsho's morning wake-up call, fits, Sabil Roteau, and streaming live on WRHU.org. If that's where you're listening, thank you so much. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your podcast, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Um, we're going to take a quick little break, but don't worry. We still have all of this news because Dexter Schmavonian, while he's not here in studio with us, is uh, giving us his report uh, from outside our WRHU studios. So let's stay schmavy on this 11-12 edition of the Morning Wake-Up Call.
2: Hello again everybody, welcome back to the Schmavonian Report, I'm Dexter Schmavonian. Travis Scott seems to be in more and more trouble by the moment as he is facing multiple lawsuits for wrongful death and negligence due to him inciting a crowd surge that left 8 dead and many more severely injured. In anticipation of Travis Scott's headline performance, the crowd began pushing and surging towards the stage, with everyone trying to get to the front. This caused the people who were already towards the front to get compressed. The situation reportedly escalated once a countdown clock appeared, counting the minutes until Scott would take the stage. About 30 minutes before he took the stage, it got more and more crowded, and people got more and more pressed up against each other. The massive crowd, compressed against itself, began to crush those in the middle, making it hard to breathe. It also did not help at all that Travis Scott's performances tend to be very, very high energy. So when he took the stage, all hell broke loose. As mosh pits began to form and people began jumping and running around together, less and less air became available, causing people to suffocate and pass out. The massive size of the crowd also made it nearly impossible for people towards the front to escape, meaning they were essentially stuck there, holding on for dear life. A total of 8 people, the youngest of which was 14, were killed at the concert. There was also reportedly someone in the crowd who quote-unquote went crazy and began injecting people with some sort of drug, which could be another factor in the tragedy. Scott, however, did reportedly encourage his fans to storm the stage, which kicked off the chaos. And also, he did not stop the show despite pleas from fans. Oh my! You go to a concert to have fun. You don't go to a concert to die. He could stop a show for his shoe, but he can't stop a show for people. It was it was upsetting. It was sad as seeing people get thrown left and right. Stop, girls, guys, everybody, little kids. Some are also placing blame on site planning and site layout and safety barrier designs have also been called into question. An expert in crowd science from the University of Suffolk, Professor Keith Still, claimed, If you're planning for any event that has a high-energy performer, such as Travis Scott, then I wouldn't have used the design they had. One of many lawsuits filed against Scott and event promoter Live Nation was brought on behalf of five total plaintiffs claiming to be injured at the event. The lawsuit also points out scott's history of reckless behavior in his concerts notable examples would include when in 2015 he was arrested on disorderly conduct charges in chicago for telling fans to rush past the stage barriers with there being a similar incident in 2017 that led to a fan being paralyzed after being pushed from a balcony at astroworld Scott reportedly ignored the advice of members of his entourage who approached him on stage during the incident and alternatively instructed his fans to quote-unquote make the ground shake. The lawsuit alleges that despite the hellscape surrounding him, visible from his position on stage, Mr. Scott ignored cries for help from concertgoers and desperate pleas from his own fans. Over 30 lawsuits in total have been issued against Travis Scott, Live Nation, and other organizers of the Astroworld Festival, one of which has been filed by the family of a nine-year-old left in a coma after being trampled nearly to death by the crowd, and is now fighting for his life. Ezra Blunt was reportedly stepped on and trampled, as surrounding crowd members were busy lifting up unconscious bodies of their friends as well as strangers, and surfed them over the crowd, hoping to send them to safety. This lawsuit vividly describes many of the things we've already seen with people shouting for help with CPR and pleading with Travis Scott and concert organizers to put a stop to the show. He could have prevented all this if he really wanted to, but it seemed like he didn't. And the security there, I only saw not even a handful of security, medics, or nothing. I felt like my life was on the line at one point. It was on the line. Everyone's life was on the line. After all the controversy and legal issues surrounding him, Travis Scott's career seems to be in freefall, with him no longer being partnered with McDonald's and his future as a rapper looking more and more uncertain. That's all for today on The Schmavonian Report. Be sure to tune in next week, and remember, stay schmavi. Well, thank you very much,
0: uh, Mr. Dexter from Avonian. Wish you were here in the studio talking with us a little bit more about the Astro World Festival. But thank you for giving our listeners a little bit more of an in-depth listen with some quotes, everything like that. It just gives everybody a little bit more of a feel for what we were talking about before. Oh, man. Let's talk about some culture war, anti-wokeness, <laughs> PC culture... War on the people. They're coming for you, and it's starting with Big Bird, (laughs) Sibyl. It's starting with Big Bird. It's just the beginning. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Big Bird is now vaccinated. Uh, On Saturday, Big Bird (laughs) tweeted out a little video from his official Big Bird account. The Sesame Street star said, My wing is a little sore, but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me healthy. Uh... Other people saw the tweet, thought he was a communist uh, after getting the vaccine. A lot of parents weren't happy. Um, it's the first time that Big Bird has made a strong statement against uh, on vaccines. Uh, in 1972, there was an episode of Sesame Street where Big Bird got vaccinated against the measles. So I had to go all the way back to the 70s mm-hmm. to see that Big Bird is still consistent With his vaccine ideology, and it has not changed. Uh, However, that has not stopped the conservatives um, from complaining about PC culture or this indoctrination entering into children's media, especially when it comes to to vaccines. And, Sabille, I got to get your take on this. How do you feel knowing that Big Bird is vaccinated?
1: It was bizarre to me that this was like, This was such a huge deal, like, such a huge deal that so many, like, news outlets are covering it because it got such a huge reaction because a fictional oversized yellow bird said that he got vaccinated. Like, I don't know how much damage that... Because to put myself in the shoes of, like, you know, the people who are anti-vaxxers, how much damage do they think this is going to do to, like, their kids' minds? Because how... I mean what do they think is gonna happen that like kids are gonna like you know rise up start this revolution against the anti-vaxxers like what do they think can go wrong from that I honestly think this was like harmless just a little just a little um you know
0: PSA because the yeah. vaccine just got uh, approved for kids five to 11
1: yeah yeah so it's like appropriate timing but like it's not. It's not communist, like, propaganda or anything. Like, people were straight up tweeting that Big Bergen was a communist. I mean, he did get, like, a lot of, you know, praise and thanks from, sure. like, you know. Other people. Pro-vaxxers. But it's just so funny to me that even people like Ted Cruz... Like Ted Cruz. Oh man, no, is I'm not surprised about Ted Cruz. Big, Come on,
0: are you really? Are you really surprised that Ted Cruz has I nothing better not. to do than to complain about Big Bird on Twitter? You know He's what? A senator. That's true.
1: I, I, What's I'm he gonna do? I'm not that surprised, but it's just funny that we're at a point where senators feel the need to um, comment on pro vaxxer puppets.
0: Well, that's what I want to sort of take this story and 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 broaden it out a little bit. Because this is where I think things get really interesting for for the Republican Party, right? Like in this post-Trump, let's call it the Magaverse, right? That's why, like, it's my favorite new word to use. Yeah, really with, yeah the Magaverse. Uh, you have all these casts of characters, right? You have the you have your OGs, like your Ted Cruz's, and your Chris Christies and your Giuliani's, people who were there in the Obama era who have. Had to change their game for the Trump administration and now are sort of spiraling to figure out where their footing is and how they can hone the the MAGA crowd. Uh, The second are the people who came in post-Trump. These are your Gates's, your Marjorie Taylor Greens, et cetera, et cetera. Those names that became a little bit more prominent as the as the president was still in office. And now that they the president is out of office, they are next in line to continue to hold that America first caucus that that same rhetoric. And so it continues to fall down this line to me where it's there's such a lack of policy now on the GOP side that it becomes a a culture war. And and this is what I was alluding to before that, like, the only thing that the GOP has right now in terms of policy is stopping anti-wokeness, right? Like, that's their whole thing. They want to stop the liberal media, the mainstream media from, from indoctrinating our youth. And so, like, when with Ted Cruz doing something like this, yeah, it's dumb, it's silly. And, like, what are you doing, Ted Cruz, talking about Big Bird? But at the same time, it's strategic because, like, this is the line that the, the GOP is drawing. They're drawing a hard line on vaccines, it feels like now.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything is, like, about anti-vaccines. It's just, like crazy to me how you know everything is like politicizing polarizing even a bird that doesn't exist saying like it's literally it's not even like a cartoon character like he's straight up a puppet <laughs> he's like, a, costume, a, man. a muppet whatever like I I don't I don't understand like why certain things have to cause such a big deal but like I get what you're saying that like you know if you want to gain support from you know other conservatives call a muppet a a communist yeah Yeah.
0: get him i I, and and, you know to this point i think that if they're going to continue to draw this line it's just going to get worse and worse and and more people are going to get sick and more people are going to die and Yeah. You know, we're we're what over 700000 people have now died uh, in the US almost or at least close to it um, from COVID-19. And that's still a scary number. And it's just it feels like we're just treading water. Like we're just trying to, like, get by and get through it and just see what happens. Like we're just letting it rip. That's what it feels like.
1: I wonder what kind of reaction that Big Bird got in 1972 yeah. when he like when he he or she.
0: Oh, it's a he. It's okay. Big Bird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I I I couldn't remember for a second, but um, yeah. I wonder what kind of reaction he got like when he got the shot for um measles.
0: Something tells me that there wasn't so much polarity on the measles vaccine. Um, mm-hmm there is now yeah it's it's and again i think that it's symptom of of the politicizing of the virus right like we Mm -hmm. we really in this country just said all right um we're gonna divide this line on the party and if you are on this side then you are believing in the vaccine you believe in the masks you it's like an all or nothing deal Mm -hmm. right where i I don't know a single person who's, like, in the middle on this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're either one way or you're the other, and I, I don't know. If you're in the middle, text me, email me, <laughs> let me know. I want to know what you – I want to know if you exist because yeah. I. it feels like we're not hearing anybody's voice and it, when we're just hearing the people who are the loudest right now.
1: Yeah, it's just interesting to me that, like, um, you know, the headlines talking about this will say, like, um, Big, Big Bird got vaccinated and this caused outrage from Republicans. Like, not from anti-vaxxers, but from an entire political party. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, like, it's not about, like, whether you're a vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer. Like, you 1st med- We're at a point where, like, your medical choices define, like, what party you're a part of or, you know, where you stand politically.
0: Right? And, and so... Taking that one step further, if we look at categorizing this group as Republicans or conservatives or whatever, then conservatives have enough ammunition to talk to people who maybe feel a little bit more hesitancy towards the vaccine, feel a little bit more hesitancy towards this virus or, or mask mandates or whatever. They just want the schools to reopen. They, don't, they want their kid to go back to school, et cetera, et cetera. It's easier to then say, look at look at the liberal mainstream media attacking us and and going after us. We are the victims here. We're the true thinkers. And they're the ones who are trying to to come after us and our way of thinking, our way of life. You see what I'm saying? Like it it goes down that line of the culture war.
1: Yeah, that's what's harmful that, you know, there are probably people out there who are simply anti-vaxxers just because that's what they think they should be, because that's what they're political party is telling them to be. And like I think that like that kind of idea goes both ways because I think that that also happens with like liberals. Whether you're conservative or liberal, sometimes your values like I think it's just like, well, I'm a liberal, other liberals are saying this is bad, this is good, so that must be what is. Group and thing, like yeah. yeah, and like I don't know. I just think that's really harmful when it's not like you know, when it's Democrat or Republican, if it's if it doesn't have to do with politics and that shouldn't be the way things are. But like it is. And like I'm also scared to see like because there's definitely going to be like a new like surge of covid because I feel like lately, um, I mean, it's not like it's harder to keep up with like where we are with like covid cases because it's not like thrown in your face as much as it was in like March of 2020 or even like March of 2021 I feel like you know you would see this is where we are with COVID this is how many cases this is how many deaths in the US and the world and now like you don't see that as much
0: I feel like let me ask you this Uh, have we gone over the the fire Fauci take
1: from Um, me no.
0: no I think that I think that Biden should fire Fauci you think so? I do I think that you know he's done a, a a lot of work he's been you know <laughs> through a lot of presidential administrations but my god does his name just get brought up every time somebody mentions this virus mm-hmm. and it, and you know there's all these stories about how Fauci you know funded these labs that created the virus and you know it's everything gets muddled up because i guarantee you there's some truth in that that the united states Put funding, and and there is articles that have linked U.S. funding to labs in China that you know yeah. have, but it, but you can't but we can't talk about those things on this show from like a a realistic you know unbiased perspective without having it seem like we're we're a part of the conspiracy theory that the pandemic's mm-hmm. fake, the vaccine's wrong, and everything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so, I think that if we are going to be down running down that line you you're right it's dangerous and it's only going to cause more people to to just get hurt and exactly and we the the facts get muddled from this more and more like we we'll never be able to get it so i think that we need to fire fauci and just get a new schmuck up there on television mm-hmm. to just be like yeah no the vaccine it still works dummies like Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that to me is is the way to go because then it takes out all the ammunition and you give the conservatives a win where they can be like, We got Fauci out of there, we got this corrupt uh, you know, bureaucrat out. I don't know. I think it's a smarter play, but it's not he it definitely doesn't deserve to be fired.
1: Yeah, he doesn't deserve maybe like it's what needs to happen. Right? I feel
0: like just fall on the sword, Anthony. <laughs> fall on the sword, Tony Fowl. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. All right, I think any any other final thoughts on Big Bird getting vaccinated and the reaction, GOP, everything, magaverse, fire Fauci, all of it.
1: Um, no, I feel like we <laughs> said everything we need to say from, like, yeah. Big Bird to Fauci. But,
0: Big yeah. Bird to Fauci. We love it. That's how <laughs> that's how the morning wake up call goes. We start one place, end up another, and it all counts as news. Um, let's jump into our final story of the day this is something that was really cool this was reported by the washington post uh so a case in washington state at the olympic national forest there was a crew of associates along with this guy named justin andrew wilk they were found to have conducted illegal logging operations uh, in the elk lake area of the forest between april and august of 2018. so they removed You know, these huge maple trees, and they use them to produce musical instruments such as violins and guitars. They Mm -hmm. forge permits to sell wood, according to a statement made from the U.S. Attorney's Office in the District of Washington. So Wilkes uh, was sentenced uh, earlier this week. Uh, It was on Monday. And at the trial, this is the part that I think is crazy, Seville. Mm -hmm. They used tree DNA. Tree DNA, man! So they took... The wood samples that they used to sell to these people and they (laughs) tested it back with the samples from the national forest and the tree dna read as a match which is crazy to me they brought in uh an agricultural department forest service uh a geneticist and the jury concluded that wilkes sold to local mills uh and that the wood they used were stolen and the DNA evidence had also proved that Wilk had unlawlessly harvested harvested and sold wood from seven other maple trees. But the precise location of those trees have yet to be determined. So this man is just running around collecting tree DNA. Yeah,
1: I just think it's like kind of interesting that like this is such a huge crime, but it was done to sell instruments. Like yeah. it was for some underground instrument um, industry thing and like i just think that that's really funny because like you would like it's a it's a pretty big crime and it's for what like for what
0: yeah (laughs) yeah, man they're taking down trees like in a national forest which yes as you mentioned is uh a crime he'll be in prison for 20 months 20
1: months 20 months that's a long time
0: um it it's crazy like I think that it's really cool in the sense that technology and genealogy has gotten so good that you know we can we can see all of these you know DNA strands and matches in trees that that go back from from years like this is twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one and now all of the all of the research and and all of this this is this is really interesting but what's even more like, crazy about this story. Dude set a forest fire when he was chopping down these trees. There was a maple tree that was in the forest that had a... that they were trying to, I think, chop down. They He doesn't admit that he was trying to chop down the trees at this time, and then he doesn't... Well, he admits that he was chopping down the trees, but he doesn't admit that he started the forest fire. And according to the reports from the, the wildfire, there was insecticide and gasoline likely sprayed on a... on a wasp nest near the base of the tree mm-hmm. and then it uh they lit it on fire like they lit the wasp nest on fire and then okay. they failed to put it out and then it consumed more than three thousand three hundred acres between august and november of 2018 and cost approximately 4.2 million to repair he was not charged with the with the forest fire though
1: yeah but like that's like kind of ridiculous to me. Right? Like why you set a tree on fire? Like a tree that's trees are flammable. Like how? And then he you still thought that... to continue
0: on with the operation.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a little strange. A little like <laughs> doesn't seem like he thought out his uh, little scheme, Dude, his little mischief. I enough. The trees
0: will get you, man. The trees will get will you. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, so, Bill, you know, we're, we're rounding out the stories, but we still got some time here on the show today. Uh, I, w- I want to talk to you a little bit more just about how you've been feeling. How, you, how how are you doing? We've been having a lot of time here talking about the news and talking about other people and holding people accountable. Let's have a, a nice, healthy conversation with each other like are you doing okay are you like on the radio that is like yeah are you doing are you doing okay like uh, how are how are things with with school with life with everything like you are you content right now
1: um yeah I guess at the moment I am I mean we're college students so it kind of just goes up and down with how well right. we are I like I'm not even gonna lie like last week was overwhelming but this week was okay like it's just you know it's a roller coaster sometimes you're up sometimes you're down you f- but, yeah, yeah do you feel like um, that happens a lot yeah. yeah yeah but like it does with everyone like all yeah. college students go through it so i'm just like... yeah i'm not like
0: trying to be like oh you got problems to so be like I'm, <laughs> like I'm gonna get that i was just uh, i was just curious like because no i feel that too like with with pressure from assignments you know coming out here yeah. uh and doing the radio it, it just you know working it can be uh a lot on the young brain and mm-hmm. and sometimes you just need that day inside to like recoup yourself and sometimes you get that day and other days other weeks maybe a month sometimes <laughs> you don't get that day um yeah. but I but I got it to like I don't know what have you been doing anything interesting? you have any plans for the weekend?
1: um not for this weekend. I don't know i'll just like kind of see what happens like Ooh, just, la-
0: a, just a vibe lax day you know yeah
1: i might go out i don't know because like last weekend i was so exhausted i literally stayed in my room the entire weekend. <laughs> but um this weekend i don't know maybe i'll we'll see what happens hmm. yeah but yes. i'm excited for thanksgiving break yeah
0: are you going back home yeah yeah that's good yeah i'm just taking a taking a short little trip back to jersey yeah yeah all right that's fair i think i'm <laughs> gonna go back home too much uh, yeah, to the joy of my me familia who I haven't uh, quite seen back at the house in, in quite a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, so it'll be good. I've been back in Pennsylvania. Oh man, what's it been? I moved out here in June, I wanna say. Mm-hmm. I was when I when I moved in and then I took ten days back home in June. And then did a beach week with my family in July. So yeah, really? it'll be since like June that I've wow. been then I'll be back home. So almost like six months uh will I'll be back in Pennsylvania. That's it's so tough, crazy. man. I, look I, I I I'm the produ- I produce this show. I'm the technical director of Morning Wake Up Call. I'm here all the time. I am you know, I do the pro take, which is also today four thirty to five thirty. Please tune in. We appreciate <laughs> you if you wanna get your sports fix with us. Um, it's not on Spotify, but it is live and here and I work on it. So that's cool. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm calling games and, you know, I got my, my other job out here waiting tables. Um, so it just, it gets tough sometimes to, to try and make it back because it's a four and a half hour drive, five hours sometimes, you know, I don't know. You feel like, I don't especially with Jersey, like being like relatively closer. Do you feel like it's easier for you to just like go home for a weekend if you want to?
1: I mean, I guess technically it would be easier, but I haven't... Felt that? No, I do. I get homesick, like, a lot. Really? But I think it's just, like, you know, when I go home for, like, the weekend, like, I can't focus on, like, work that I have to get done. So I kind of just haven't been able to. So I right. haven't been back home. Like, when I left for school this semester, that was the last time I was home. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I haven't seen my... Well, actually, I saw my mom for like five minutes, um, like a little while, like a month ago. But then, like, my brother, I haven't seen him in like since, since, uh, since I came here for the semester. So, like, yeah.
0: Do you, uh, like, now how, I mean, we, you, you've been on campus for a little bit now. Do you feel like you go home, like, on a relatively, like, decent basis like during the semester or like ha- like had you in the past or like and like it just um, hasn't come to fruition this semester like
1: no i feel like even like freshman year and like sophomore year like i maybe would go home once in the semester yeah me too yeah i'm not like back and forth like a yeah lot. i know
0: some people who go back a lot like yeah and and you know Hofstra has a lot of commuters from you know long island new york but like i know people from, who like go back to like pennsylvania and like new like deep jersey uh as like uh to to just go back for a weekend i don't know how you do that like to like to me like i i I agree with you i can't focus whenever (laughs) i go back home like i have to like i really just like lock myself in my room and like really try and then i just don't um for a lot of it but i did during like when we were when we were in that big pandemic swing back in april Mm
1: -hmm. last
0: year Also, how crazy is it to think that, like, the election happened one year ago, like, around this time? That's so— Right?
1: I don't even believe it. Like, I remember I was in—oh, my God. I was in quarantine housing on campus. So I was not doing okay. I couldn't even, like, be excited about it because, like, you know, I got the notification that Biden won. And, like, I voted for that to happen. But I was, like, Mm. so sick. I didn't have COVID, but, like, they put me in quarantine housing just in case. But, like, I was so sick that I was like, oh— (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah it took me like about two hours to process but um yeah it's like insane to me that that was a full year ago it right. feels like maybe like six months ago yeah it's
0: <laughs> yeah six months feels right i don't know maybe biden time just goes by a little bit quicker but like <laughs> yeah i don't know like i'm trying to remember back to like the beginning of the trump administration like i don't know about you but like back in like 16 17 yeah if those years felt long no i remember
1: specifically 2018 i was like it has not only been two years yeah it's felt like
0: so because like so much would happen every single day Uh now i feel like we do have a little bit more of that snooze fest where we're like a little bit lax on the on the on the biden train and not really knowing what he's doing every day and yeah and all that jazz but i Cause like, he's I'm doing even, normal things and like saying normal things a lot of the time, and I think that's what, what yeah. I'm not of even like a
1: super fan of Biden. Another just like I think, like in comparison to Trump, like it's, it's just tamer. Yeah, it's a lot calmer. You know, there aren't like controversial tweets being put out once a week or even once a day. Um, that's fair. So
0: yeah, I don't know. I I think that like it's just been been a crazy time, and like to think that like we're only like a month and like a half ish Mm -hmm. away from like the year year anniversary of like January sixth too. Right. Like all of this is like happening in like I like a year's time, and it's just it feels so weird. I, I don't know. Time's a construct. It's all it's all relative is it real who knows no it's not no it's not we (laughs) made it up time is fake um the sun just goes up and down whenever somebody hits the light switch (laughs) uh at least that's how it's been feeling recently it feels like it gets dark like that like just like super quickly
1: yeah i don't like it like i don't like walking back from class in the dark oh it should be a crime yeah and like it's especially like kind of scary on this campus because like they have all those statues and like i have a thing about statues
0: oh tell me come on <laughs> no tell the <laughs> listeners
1: oh my god like anyone who knows me knows that i have like a huge fear of statues like i don't like being around them especially large ones like the statue of liberty free oh my god that's like <laughs> stop like i get clowned about i love no i'm not clowning
0: this. i just like i'm just like i've no, never heard I'd of understood.
1: it yeah. I, i'd understand if he did because like it's such a ridiculous fear but like i'm like extremely scared of the Statue of Liberty it's a whole thing like I don't know I would have like dreams when I was a kid and then like those dreams caused fears and those fears just never went away so I don't know if I'll ever like like I will never go into the Statue of Liberty or like go on like Ellis Island or whatever like I saw I saw it once when I was a kid and I was fine and then like after that Nope. Uh, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's incredible! Like yeah. I, I, you know, out of all this time that we've been doing this show, and like we have talked <laughs> about, you know, fears and and whatnot and things that are the things that are scary, we never talked about statues before. So, <laughs> I'll have to avoid statue stories in the rundown from here on out. <laughs> yeah. uh, we really do. I appreciate you so much, Sebile. It's it, it's I always so much fun. Uh, every yeah. week, eight a.m. to nine a.m. is when you can catch us. Do not go anywhere. We got off the charts. That's all your hip-hop music, all commercial-free, 88.7 FM, WRHU. Sebille, Eddie Fitz, it is 9 o'clock. It's time to say goodbye. Uh, In the words of my father, go be good out there. Go learn something. We'll see you all next week.